0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to another version of Bill Roden on Sports here in Harlem, USA, with the great
1: Jamal Murphy. Great to be here. It was a mission coming from Brooklyn all the way up. I know, man. How come you don't just
0: take the subway?
1: Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm a I'm hard-headed. <laughs> <laughs> I did get a parking spot right outside. Oh, then. you did? Yeah. Okay. You,
0: well, <laughs> I want to ask you, you, pay tickets,
1: right? Yeah, no. Yeah. Hopefully, I don't get towed. <laughs>
0: only only people who live in New York. With, uh, and, of course, our, our guest, uh, the wonderful Chris Herring, covers the Knicks and pro basketball for the, in, uh, for the Wall Street Journal. Now, you live right around the corner, right, Chris, in Harlem, USA, right? Don't have to worry about the you parking tickets
2: and
3: <laughs> getting towed or anything like that. Yeah, I mean, God bless <laughs> you.
0: Did you drive?
3: No, I don't even have a car here. So oh, man. Uh, which I wouldn't want one because I would get tickets and get towed. Well, well,
0: well. Probably that's kind of like a New York <laughs> ritual. You kind of have to at least it's been my New York ritual. <laughs> 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 anyway, welcome, Chris. Man, welcome, welcome back. As a matter of fact,
3: thank you for having me, and congratulations on on great, great career yeah. over there. Surprised Thanks. to see it, but I'm really happy. Yeah.
0: Well, we're it. not going to spend a lot of time on that, but uh, <laughs> yeah, no, no. But thank you very much, <laughs> sure. man. I appreciate the outpouring of being of people being stunned. It's good. It's better than people stunned than. Like, yeah, well, shit, man, we waiting for you, baby. What, you know, what happened? <laughs> um, uh, but um, anyway, listen, we have a lot to, uh, to discuss, even though it is the summer, and everybody's kind of heading to Martha's Vineyard and, you know, places here and y'all, which I, I love summer, man. I mean, it's like my favorite time. Are you vacationing somewhere?
3: I, I'm going to go to Thailand in a, in a couple of weeks. going to take my girlfriend to Thailand. Oh, wow. Uh, so we'll we'll go out there. She's mad that we're not going for longer. I think how we're long only gonna, going like a week and a half. But when you factor in the flight there, which I think is nineteen hours, and the flight back, which is like twenty-two,
0: she'll you know, be she'll be like looking at her watch. She'll be like, right. when are we coming back?" I mean, how many how many uh, giraffe? I mean, Tyler's is known for the giraffe. I mean, the uh, the, the elephants. Elephants,
3: yeah. So she's really excited about that. But she's also like very much a, a nature person, mm-hmm. and so she refuses to go to one of those like just clear photo ops where people sit on top of the elephants we're going to like an <laughs> she elephant. wants to do what Wrestling? we're going to like an elephant conservatory or something so right, right, it's right. like where you you don't you don't get on top of them and take pictures you basically help bathe them oh Whoa. shit! because apparently elephants can get like back problems from all the people that sit on them mm. and then she the other thing they're known for i think they have tigers there and people mm, right, will take right. pictures tiger woods
0: <laughs> I'm sure he's probably been there
3: and probably been there with other people, too. But um, but when you, when you go there, you know all the people take pictures with tigers. And the way that apparently the, from what she told me, and I trust her on this, is that the way that people are able to take pictures with tigers, they basically give them tranquilizers mm-hmm. all day long so that you can basically pet them without having them oh attack you. God. And so she, she is very much against that. So Damn.
0: wait wait wait. She, so she wants to get one of the tigers that's not. We're, we're not. We're not. I don't even think we're dealing with tigers
3: on the trip. But in terms of the elephants, we're gonna go to like some elephant elephant place where they that's like great. save them and they you can take pictures with them, but only as you're helping wash them. Nice apparently, nice. so are you well, gonna be washing them? I, I guess I'm going to because I'm, I'm a good boyfriend. Nice.
2: So.
0: <laughs> what about the tiger? I'm kind of interested in tigers. Though.
3: I am too, but uh, but I think she. I think she was saying there's no real way. To spend time with tigers without doing that, and she's so against that morally right, right, that we're not right. going to do that. That's so.
0: good. That's very good. Well, so when do you leave?
3: Um, beginning like after Labor Day, I have a wedding I have to go to, and then after I come back from that, we'll go for like a week and a half.
0: No, that's great, man. And Then uh, I mean, do all? I mean, you cover the Knicks for the for uh, the Wall Street Journal, um, and we want you know, I do. You always are you are the Knicks always in your mind? You know, like, if you live in New York, I, it's just one of, and Gerard, uh, yeah, Gerard,
2: <laughs> I, I just spent a, bro- <laughs> a week,
0: I'm like, I almost mentioned a couple little things, but listen, this I, I spent a week with my brother in Germany, so, you know, but, you, you know, Jamal lives in Brooklyn, right? and that's just one of the phenomenons uh, of, of being in New York, It's just, people are just obsessed with the Knicks, and, yeah. and, the, the, and, and the, the gravy train is just around the corner, it's just...
1: <laughs> you sound tired of it all.
0: Well, no, it's, it's, it was great for me. I mean, it's like you just this endless uh, writing material. But when you go on these vacations, I mean, do you think about the Knicks all the time?
3: It's 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 hard not to think about them a lot and most of the time because if you – I've gotten to a point now where I don't trust my mind and my memory enough to – if I have a good story idea and I don't write it down mm. or mark it down on my phone, I'll forget it. And so um, if I think about stuff kind of in my own time or if I see something that I think is kind of strange, I, I like to remember so that I can go investigate it later or write a story around it. I mean, even we were here last time with Charles Oakley, and I oh, got his contact right. information because I, I thought I could probably write something really fun about him sometime down Have the line. Have you talked to him since then? Not, not yet, But and I figured not, don't bother him just yet, but at some point, you know, and – you never know when there'll be a good opportunity, but it's 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 such a competitive beat, and and mm. you know normally you give people the summer away, and you know and their front office people that I talk to over there. But the truth is, like the one or two weeks during the year where I don't really talk to them, I always get beat on something else. Mm. Um, today it was you know or last week it was Amari Stoudemire deciding he wants to retire as a Nick, even though he had a great career with the Suns yeah, and did weird. all that stuff with the Suns, but. By me not really making contact with people in the front office, I have no inkling of in the fact that that's happening. And so then I get beat on that story. And, mm. and you know, and then even today we were talking about Derek Fisher. Right. All of a sudden, maybe maybe looking like he wants to come out of retirement and play again right. uh, at age four He would be the the oldest guard in second oldest guard in NBA history, oldest guy since 1948. Who was wow. that? Who, who was in 48? Who was it? Uh, Nat <sighs> Why am I blanking on his name? Yeah.
0: But l- l- let me ask you something about this, because a lot of people, y- you talk about being beat in the competitive industry. Sure. What What is that? I mean, this is a very, very, you know, journalism, whether it's in print or moving, I mean, people don't realize that it's obsessive, that you really have to, there really are no vacations, because the news doesn't take a vacation. So let's go back to the first one. we go back to, um, uh, it wasn't the... Uh, uh, was it Stoudemire? was the Stodemire, was that the first one? And, 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 and in other words... In retrospect, you would have done what? You would have kept calling the front office or you kept calling I just Yeah, you there. just keep
3: in contact and you text people. And I mean, I feel like that's probably the easiest way to do it. It's not terribly intrusive. You, know, you don't have to drop what you're doing to be able to respond to a text necessarily. And so you just kind of keep a dialogue going. And I feel like I could go look at my phone. I've got several conversations I'm kind of in the middle of and don't feel the immediate pressure to respond and vice versa. But if something's going to happen, someone can give me a heads up or just kind of keep you in the loop. I'm not a big breaking person i don't go on twitter and tweet every single thought that i have or every single thing that's communicated to me right but i'm able to kind of sprinkle details into my stories sometimes that show that i've got a deeper level of context than maybe some other people do have and every now and then i might break something small but i don't i'm not someone that really harps on that but sure when i know something and i feel like it's it's merited to to actually write a bigger story about it if, if i'd known first that he was going to retire i don't think anyone Broke that story, but Man, I was going
0: to ask you who, who who had that.
3: I don't I don't think anybody did. I think but he
2: said
1: it on his on his Twitter.
2: Oh, account yeah, I,
3: like I, I think that the Knicks announced it, and maybe he tweeted yeah, it out. Right. And but I mean, it's still, it's the sort of thing where like that can't happen. He can't sign with them without the Knicks front office knowing right. about it. Right. So I, so I could have I could have gone through the back channels, and I just that that's the sort of thing where like if you don't keep that constant communication going, you potentially miss stuff. And <laughs> and so I, I I remember the the best example. I was on a flight to go to a bachelor party when. The Knicks decided to fire, um, who was it? The GM that came in before Mills. Um, Walsh? No, not even Walsh. No. Why am I oh, blanking Utah on his The name?
0: guy from uh, Utah? Uh, uh, from, um, yeah, the, no. the, the, no. the not, taller, not, not Grunfield. Longer, the guy from Utah. Um, Man, why am I blanking on his name?
3: But no, recently, is, though. But yeah. yeah, this mm-hmm. was this was right after. The, the, the thing that was bizarre about it was right after their 54-win season. It's like, why are you firing a GM after you won 54? The best season you've had in 20 years. He won years. too much. <laughs> <laughs> so, so We don't want uh, that to happen. So yeah. Are you kidding me? Glenn Grunwald is his okay. name. Sorry yeah. about that. Yeah. But, um, but, yeah, and so I was on a flight when that happened. And, and so, I mean, you can't help. I mean, you cover the Knicks beat. You have to travel. You have no choice. But just sometimes you're, like, in the air and you don't see stuff happen. And um, or you have no way of keeping in contact. You don't have a wireless on a flight. You can't really do anything. Well,
0: but now you know they got wireless on the flights. Now.
3: Sometimes, but I, yeah. I had a flight. What was it? A couple of weeks ago, where I didn't have wireless, and I was mm-hmm. a nightmare trying to get a story to my editor. So, it, But yeah, it, it, you could only plan for so much and do so much.
0: Mm-hmm. You got to. Well, you have to fly American or Delta. Yeah. They always have. I mess up by taking Southwest. Uh, no, Chris. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't want you to get your hot water with the editor. Chris, you're taking Southwest. Come on. Man. You want? You, I mean, That's the problem with what? There's an expectation now on the flight to Germany. Right. On United, there's wireless. Right. So now there's now the expectation that you will be in contact all the time. Yep. But right. you can't say, well, you know, I'm going on a plane now. Said, well, you're so. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you know, so that's just. So, so, so but now when you. With the Amari. Star. First of all, were you surprised by that, that, that yeah. he was surprised? Absolutely. I mean, that he retired? As,
3: not as not as surprised that he retired. It was that he retired as a Nick. And I'm like, why would you? That would be like, let, let's say you, you took a job somewhere tomorrow and you worked there for two years. Mm-hmm. I mean, unless you win a Pulitzer at this next place, and even if you did, I still think people would think about you as the New York Times columnist. Mm. That That's just when you spend that long there and you have your best year somewhere, you, you normally, I mean, I'm trying to think, Joe Montana didn't retire as a chief. Right. I right. mean, it, it, it's just a weird sort of thing. And so, obviously, there were some hurt feelings there. Amari, uh, he didn't want to leave the Suns in the first place. Well, they, they shipped him off. Essentially. they. they I mean, and, and here's the thing. I I, I think they get an unfair this. First of all, they were right in not signing him to a big deal because he had the knee problems, and that was their concern. They had the fantastic health staff there, and they knew that he had knee problems, chronic knee problems, and they basically said, look, after you have microfracture fracture surgery, you normally only have a couple good years left before your knees go bad on you. And so they made that calculation, and they said, we will offer you a contract, but it'll only be partially guaranteed, and after the first two or three years, there's no guaranteed money after that. Right. You've got to earn it by playing a certain amount of minutes. And so Amari balked at that. He said, I'm a max player. You should take the chance on me. He went to the Knicks. The Knicks were thirsty for a superstar and they missed on LeBron. And they gave him what he wanted, fully and uh, fully uninsured contract. Right. And so they gave him $100 million for five years, no strings attached to it, fully guaranteed. And guess what? After Literally after that first year, he was his, his knees were shot, and yeah, the done. best year they had was the one where he essentially didn't play, he played 29 <laughs> games, and so I mean, it, you can't say Phoenix was wrong. So I assume there were hurt feelings because of that, but then he came out in an interview and said that it was not only that, but that it was also that one he felt like he kind of revitalized basketball in the city, um, and, and kind of made people hungry again, and, and at least a winning team, even if he didn't really contribute. You to You mean it. the Phoenix? No, with New York. New York. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They, they made here, the playoffs yeah. for a couple and of years,
1: Being somewhat true. responsible for Melo coming. Yeah,
3: I think, I, I think it probably enhanced the chance of them getting Melo. So they made the playoffs for three straight years, which was noteworthy for them. But I also think he, he's, he suggested very strongly that each of these last two years he's wanted to go back to Phoenix and that Phoenix wouldn't take him. Um, wow. And that Phoenix didn't really. I mean, they're a young, kind of developing team, but also, I mean, Amari doesn't have that much to offer anymore. And, right. um, but, you know, he also felt like he'd kind of earned the right to just go back, even if he's not offering much. Look, I was a, an all-star an MVP candidate for you guys for this long, and you're not going to take me back? So kinda, and it, so he, his feelings were hurt. Very so it was
1: yeah, so kind of a dis defeat. I was thinking he just loved New York and loved taking I, I, red wine and bass. I think it was probably
3: city. both, but I, I you, there's no way when you haven't – I mean, I think I don't I, – I, he probably wouldn't be in my Hall of Fame, but he's at least a, a close-to-borderline case, if not a borderline case. Hall and of Fame. Yeah. You think so? Yeah. Um, I, I
1: have. A, you have to look at. I guess I have to look at the numbers.
3: I mean, he he was really really good for a long time, I, and I think the last few years probably hurt him, mm-hmm. in, in in that regard. If he'd kept the trajectory that he had and not had the injuries, right. he probably is one. Right. But the fact that like you can even bring him up in the conversation when you have that good of a career, you don't go to the team that you barely played for. I mean, right. he he was barely he, he missed forty percent of his games almost as a Nick. And, like I said, they did better with him not on the court.
1: What's the significance of that period in terms of retiring as a, you know, whatever team? Do you, you have to sign a one-day contract or something yeah. like
3: that? Yeah, similar to, I mean, Griffey. I think Griffey might have done that. And a lot of other people do it where they, they sign. I mean, Pippen technically, I think, finished as a bowl And a lot, most of these guys find a way to at least end with that team. But... I don't think you have to. I mean, when you go in the Hall of Fame, th- that's the thing. Right. For him, there's no guarantee that there's a Hall of Fame, and you could pick which jersey that they're going to put you in or, you know, with the, the Hall of Fame bust in, in baseball or football. Like, they give you an option. Right. If he doesn't make the Hall of Fame, he doesn't have that option. So, I think there was significance for him in retiring, signing with the Knicks for a one-day contract and then retiring that way. Who,
0: right. what, who did, uh, let's see, Shaquille? Uh, uh, that's a Laker. Yeah, he'd be a Laker. He'll be a Laker. I, I mean, yeah. i think think that's a very good, maybe that's a good trivia Thing. all the people who were associated with one team, but they went into the Hall of Fame or retired. Well,
3: for Kobe, for it's a point. big thing with his – which number does he want to be known for, <laughs> 8 or 24? I, I don't, I don't but it's particularly gonna be care. It, it's oh, going to yeah. be the Lakers. But I, but, I mean, like, people really care about this sort of thing. And well, but, I, I know Nick fans, a lot of them were happy, but I think most agreed that, like, it's very – the optics of it are very strange. And it makes the Suns look bad, well, even that, though I that, don't – That was his
0: point. See, right. That, that was his sure. point. And, and and I thought about that. I wrote that. I mean and and sometimes when you when you talk about leaving or whatever, athletes particularly athletes particularly take this stuff very seriously. There's an ego. I mean, there, all, yeah. all, I mean people you, you're spending how many every year's with the Suns? You're giving your 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 bones, your your flesh, your blood. And although it's true that when team, teams rent rent your body, yeah. NFL team Listen, we rent your body so we can like chew you up,
3: even more so you know? than than NBA. And, but yeah. the NBA, we rent
0: your body, and I think that athletes feel they're not making those those uh, cold blooded uh, bean counting decisions. That's what the bean counters are for, you know. And when you get to a certain age, now, unless I think sometimes I do find out that with a lot of times with black athletes it happens a little more. Like if you're a white athlete and you spend that, that time in Phoenix and you're known, whatever. And you're, you're a good Republican.
3: <laughs> well, Nash could have stayed as long as he'd wanted to. Yeah, clearly, right. and then they wanted him to serve in a, if yeah. I'm not mistaken, it either a in a front office or a yeah. coaching capacity. Yeah. And, I
2: think, and I think, part owner. I, yeah.
0: I think, yeah, yeah, what What do you want, Steve? <laughs> and, I, and I think that that's one of those things that white people just never get these micro answers of racism. When a guy like Arma, if, if Amari started my world, White Cat, I mean, just think about it. Think of everything that he could do—the explosion, the jump. If there was a white guy doing that, it would be called "White Guy Arena" in Phoenix. (laughs) And I mean, really, I mean that's—and we all go through that. And again, I don't mean well; I do.
3: (laughs) I mean, he's had a weird trajectory. I mean, maybe this is too far off on mm -hmm. a tangent. I mean, no such thing on
0: (laughs) Bill (laughs) Rollins.
1: But I mean, the fact
3: that, that he's embraced it. Judaism and being Hebrew and it's but, yeah, it's, you, but tweet,
1: it's, you tweeted that the other day the picture of him wearing the Yama. I mean
3: like I've, I've always thought it was a little strange I mean Amari I, I, and this is just my perception so I don't put this on what anybody else think but, about
0: the Palestinians I mean I mean if you go that, uh, that that's another show it maybe last that's one.
3: why I said I knew this was a tangent <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but I'm just saying but yeah
0: and that's that's the thing about <laughs> critical thinking you just it's okay to embrace that. But you have there's to. Uh, there's a it. whole thing that goes with yeah. that, which. Uh, but 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 I'm sorry, interrupt. But but me. no.
3: But I, I've always t- he, he he seems really badly to kind of want to be this really really complex person, and, and there are some things about him that are complex. I mean, he
2: the his wine brother, yeah, com- uh, <laughs> the wine <What>? baths. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the wine baths. He took wine
3: baths and then did like a a special on ESPN where the reporter sat in the bathtub with him. Thought, uh interesting. He said it revitalized his body. Which, whatever. That's wh- 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 really. But but, <laughs> but that was him. And I mean, he's making twenty million a year. Do what you want. But that. But between that and, um, you know, I, I think you know, talking to other people on the beat, they would talk about how. Um, he always wanted people to know that he was going back and taking, I don't know, his community college classes and that he was doing all this other stuff. Like, he was taking, he was cooking and he wanted to do like a cooking segment with the Nick Sideline reporter to show that he knows how to cook and that he wanted to, his drive that he was doing to feed, and, I, and granted, this is a good thing, but right. basically to feed a bunch of MSG employees one day before a game or after a game or something, like it, it's just, he wants a lot of it to be seen and publicized, and I think Especially when Carmelo was there, and Carmelo kind of came in. Amari came in as like the unquestioned star, and then Carmelo came in a half season later. and As so, the star. Right, and kind of overshadowed a lot of it. And so it kind of felt like Amari was kind of always elbowing and shouldering to get his limelight, especially once he got injured. And so I, I've always thought that there's like a complexity there that he wants to be there that maybe isn't, and he's trying to force it. But even with this retirement decision, I don't get the impression that Phoenix would have said, you can't retire with us. I mean, there's a total difference between saying we're not going to take you on when we're trying to win games versus like, okay, you want to sign a one-day contract with us so that you can retire in our uniform. Sure. They would have done it. But like you said, it probably was more of like a pride thing and he didn't want them to have that satisfaction. And also, I mean, again,
0: if, 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 I think, I, I don't know if you said that, but if he was trying to be in the front office or if they were, you know, if they were saying, well, no, that's not the role we see you playing. And, again, it gets this thing of respect. Well, yeah, I, I think that, and your feelings do get hurt. Absolutely. And and so he said the Knicks. And, you know, there, there's juice. I guess there's some juice uh, in New
1: York, even though they're not oh, winning. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sure he this loved is his, New York. He Definitely loved his time in New York.
3: He loved it. I mean, and even if he didn't win. I mean, now, now what – and, again, this is my perception of it, so if other people disagree, that's fine. But, I mean, I, sometimes I just kind of feel like he, he says and does things because he feels like he's supposed to. So right, right. the first time he plays the Knicks – you remember the Knicks bought him out. Because he wanted to be bought out, he wanted to play for a contender, and so the Knicks were 17 and 65 that year. He asked out, so he asked out, and then when the Knicks played Dallas for the first time, or if it was Miami the next year, I guess it was Miami. He's like, "Oh, I, I can't wait for this game, Because if it's like some revenge game." I'm like, you asked out of, you asked for them to buy you out. What are you upset about? So it's just like I, I don't quite ever, always understand where he's coming from and I don't need to but Mm -hmm. I mean he had a great career Um, it was was sad to see what happened with injuries I saw someone pull up a a statistic you know if you look at the basketball reference website they have similarity scores for guys where the trajectory of your career is similar to other people in terms of the high highs and the low lows and the two players that came up is most similar to him career-wise in terms of their arc were Grant Hill and Tracy mm. McGrady. Oh, wow. And I thought it was fascinating. That I'm nice, like that's That is. Literally the two guys were. I mean, those guys might have even had higher Yeah, I would put, I would put both of them over him. I would, too. But yeah. it, the, the fact that those were the two comparisons, I'm like, wow. He, he really was a great player you know, when he was healthy. Yeah, and
1: I started, you know, when he, when he announced his retirement, I started seeing old highlights on social media. I mean, he was media. scary. Yeah. He,
3: he was, couldn't guard, especially with Nash, he couldn't guard a pick and roll with those two. It mm-hmm. was like a hyper intense version of what you had with, Malone and Stockton from a, from an offensive standpoint. But again, Neither no, guy could defend. No
2: title, <laughs> no title.
0: Yeah, you know, and uh, which I, mean, I guess that's a I, I I don't know. I mean, we all in this. I, I tend to do that. Now, how many rings did you get? Sure, right? uh, you know, and at the end of the career, uh, and I guess the difference between you know, I mean, what we do as writers and artists, you know, you you retire. We tend to we don't really retire. we leave. We leave one band to go to the next band or leave one band to start your own band. You know, where in, in athletics, when your body just is over, yeah. it's really over. Right. And so you see, and you're done. That's why you were talking about, that. well, this, this, this river keeps rolling, but that river is over. And then you have to think about what did I accomplish, what didn't I didn't win the championship, and particularly sitting through watching LeBron, and you know, just yeah. these guys lifting the trophy year after year after year, and you—oh, excuse me—and you ask, well, what can I, can I, have, could I have done anything? Could I, could I have done anything else? Well, he's trying to to, to have won a title. He's trying to
3: write this last—not I wouldn't call it awkward, but it's definitely different. Um, you know, he he took a small ownership stake in a in an Israeli team over there, and and so that was kind of the weird part of his announcement he made an announcement at the garden the other day that he was a, a retiring and then as like a joint part of the announcement held up a jersey for this israeli team that he's going to play for now that he has that he had an ownership stake in i think he had to sell it back so oh, so he could he's play. Gonna play? but he's going he's to play, gonna play for him? two more years but he's oh, going to play in israel and i'm like okay we'll see how that goes but it's interesting and again it's i think it's to add to, it's try to make him more intriguing than maybe he really yeah.
0: is did you see um, the uh he did a documentary. Which I thought was pretty interesting. I did, too. Uh, I mean,
3: he, he came from a really tough childhood. Right. Yeah, his, mother, of, was, his mother was in jail. Yeah. Right? Yeah. A lot I mean, to it. And then his brother, I think actually after he signed with the Knicks, his brother was killed. Right. Was it a car accident? In so, oh, a car accident. Yeah. yeah. yeah and yeah, and yeah. so, I mean, there, there, there is a lot to him, but it's like I don't, I don't know that those are things that he loves to open up about. Right. And so even though they're really interesting kind of tough parts of his life, and I mean, he's a very optimistic person. He calls everything right. phenomenal and sensational. <laughs> we always, made, like, fun like Trump. Yeah, we always well, made fun of him for that. Yeah, we always made fun of him for that. I'm not well, comparing well. him. No. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but,
1: but speaking of uh, speaking of no titles, uh, the Knicks, the 2016 <laughs> Knicks. I know Bill. No way to yeah, get this, a title. You
0: guys, you know, you guys got this conversation. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna go out and get some cappuccino <laughs> while y'all talk about this worthless. Con- I mean, that no, seriously, go, Chris. What, what, 2016. what what's 2016? Right. What's the, what's the, what's the source of hope for, well, the, this next, is- for the next
3: issue? I, I mean, if everything were to go right, I could see it being a 50-win team if everything went right. And I I think we already know everything. When you sign this many injury-prone guys, everything's (laughs) not going to go right. Derrick Rose, I mean, you start with him, a guy that has played in more than half the games twice in the last five years, um, and is five years removed from his best season, his MVP season. And then you've got Joakim Noah, who's missed the better part of the last two years with knee injuries, shoulder injuries. And those are two of your five starters that you, you, frankly, you replaced probably your most consistent guy. Not not, not not your sexiest guy, but your most consistent guy, in Lopez. He played 82 games. Um, maybe for the first time in his career, was healthy. Is he relatively young, considering you know how old Noah is right now? Um, at their at their best, is Noah better? Sure, but Noah hasn't been healthy in a while, and
1: well, he he missed pretty much all of last year. Right? Yeah, he missed. And in the year before, he played what six? At least six. He, he played year, like. Right? I don't know if it was
3: like sixty games All or fifty nine right. games, but he, he wasn't healthy and he had no lift and he had so, he, so. he had, had knee surgery the year before why and he never Knicks, really got over it. Chris
0: Jamal, why does it? Well, I know they, but I, let's, let's, I'll 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 entertain this shit because you know why do the Knicks keep doing this? Why? I mean, I mean every this is not the first time they've done that. Injury prone people with high with big names. I mean, this is like a classic Nick play. It's classic.
1: What well, what's the alternative? Well, winning. Well, well,
3: well, that's always the the preferable. But why does? I
0: mean, look at Boston. Look, I mean, why? If if I, you you have these other teams that are like all of a sudden rolling. I mean, Memphis. I mean, Memphis is. But would you rather be a fan of the Memphis Grizzlies or the New York Knicks?
1: Well, well, this year the Knicks. Why? Based on what? Two guys on guys on Memphis. Conley but you can name
0: you can name them going to the playoffs, can't you? Uh, right, right. But, but well,
1: seventh seed or something.
0: Wh- my thing, uh, I, I, as I, opposed I, to I, no seed, <laughs> I would See, argue that's the, that's the classic Knicks. Thing. I'd rather not go to the playoffs than be the Memphis Grizzlies.
3: <laughs> well, here's the <laughs> crazy thing because I, there is there was an argument to be made, and I and I made I didn't make it, but I I raised it in a couple of my columns um, in the last month or two that it was interesting that they really decided to kind of go for it this year. I, I don't think it's classic Knicks. Because Derrick Rose, classic Knicks would have been giving Derrick Rose a brand new contract.
1: Oh, and Derrick Rose being 34. <laughs>
3: he was being a good six, seven years older than he actually right. is. Yeah, so that would have been classic Knicks. But he's got one year left on his deal. And the calculation that they made was that the cap is going to explode this year. And to, to your point about Memphis, Mike Conley is going to be one of the sexiest names on the market. But he's going to run thirty million a year, right? And are we willing to pay a guy that's never been an All Star? Are we willing to make him the highest paid player in NBA history? Memphis said yes to that because they weren't willing to lose their big name. Right. right. So the Knicks didn't want to do that. So they said we want it. We need to upgrade the point guard position, but we're not willing to pay top dollar to do it. So Derrick Rose is kind of like a a, a stopgap,
1: um, right? And, and he's he's a free agent after next yeah, year. Yeah. So right?
3: he's only got one year left on the deal. So that was part of it. But um, the other thing, and, and this is kind of the flip side, and this is what Bill was asking, is like couldn't you do anything other than just like be classic Knicks? I thought this could have been a year where you just kind of keep the roster you have, which nobody would have loved that because it it clearly isn't a team good enough to make the playoffs. They have no depth, but... You've got you finally got a guy (laughs) that maybe you can build around, and Porzingis. Derek Rose,
0: Porzingis. No Porzingis.
2: I'm
3: I'm, I'm not saying for this year. I'm saying eventually. I'm saying eventually. I mean, mean he's he's, eventually when he just turned 21 yesterday or today or whatever. So, but here's my thing. But if he but if he's the young guy that you ideally want to build around, you 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 suck it up and you'd be bad this year, maybe next year, and you've actually – for this is also not classic. You finally have draft picks. Oh, and man. so if you're going to be bad, at least cash that in and get something for it. Get guys that you can build around with Porzingis and get them for cheap contracts, which you get through the draft. You can't get guys on cheap contracts, right. proven guys, and, and free agents. Well, you can't so get people
1: on cheap contracts anymore, period. Period, because, but of, the, the because, of, yeah, because of the salary cap. But it's not. They didn't give up draft picks to get any of these guys, right? They didn't, and they don't no, have draft picks at all anyway. Yeah, I mean,
3: so they, I they they do now. They they've right. got every they've got every single first round pick for oh, the future going forward. They okay. they don't owe any picks to anybody. Okay. So that's the thing is like because of that, since you who knows what will happen in the next few years? Maybe they'll revert back to the old Knicks and they'll start giving their draft picks away. Right. But you could actually make use of the draft picks by if you if you do have a bad season. Like let's right. say the Knicks are horrible this season. Let's right. say they only win thirty games. So then they could they could conceivably draft 6th or 7th and get a decent player. Jesus. But you're saying so so by, by Dol- signing
1: these guys going and possibly winning 45 to 50 games, their draft pick won't be as won't be Right.
3: Bad. They're going to be medi- they're going to get a mediocre draft pick and they might not be anything better than a mediocre team. So and that, your, you don't want to pred- be in the middle and that's kind of the worst spot
0: to be. What's is your like, prediction?
1: What's your look, prediction? Before you do, they you know, they also got Courtney Lee, a solid role player. That was probably With, their best right. signing, honestly. And then Brandon Jennings to back up uh Bills point uh <laughs> Derrick Rose also injury prone. A <laughs> guy but that tore his Achilles. And tore you get him Achilles back. Oh, that's Rose. that's a
0: Knicks. You're a Knicks kind of guy there, but also young. Huh? Young. young, young and hurt. Young, yeah, young, young and hurt. Better than old and hurt. So Jim, so Jim Dolan is probably somewhere off the coast of Crete, just like laughing, like he "You know what? This I don't have to win. I don't, I don't have to. I, I never have to win because Knicks fans. Th- that's probably the worst thing that can happen is if we suddenly like won." Because then, all it, if, just think, the Knicks win the championship, and all it, because I think Knicks fans, Jamal. I'm not even I, really. You're, a you're fan not a anymore. fan, though. No. Chris Herring. By, by the way, our guest, our guest is a great Chris Herring. He covers the Knicks for the Wall Street Journal and the NBA, um, and is very realistic about this, you know. But Jamal, on the other I'm, hand, I'm a Nets fan. you're, a Knicks, now, so oh, you're, not, you're
1: not a Knicks fan. <laughs> I'm from Brooklyn.
3: Oh man! Oh boy! Okay. So, that's
2: that's what you're tying your, your I, oh. To. Let's let's, the talk that's about, let's, let's talk about been there for four Let's talk about that sinking ship. You put you put Brooklyn on that's the chest. That's gonna chance, be a bad like, team this oh, year. Yeah, they'll be bad. They're gonna be, be bad. But they'll but they'll well, I was going to like what they're they'll doing. Cash they're in not, on their pick, not, not right. but they tr- they gave all they their picks, picks up for Garnett and Billy. They still Billy King. Shout out to
3: Billy King. Hey Billy,
0: we we want you on the show. We still love you, Billy King, because you're a brother and Bill Roden on sports. So you come on? Seriously, hey, I you know. But bottom line, what's your prediction for the next Chris?
3: I'd, I'd probably put them right at like 44 wins. A little better than average. They'll, they'll sneak into the playoffs as maybe a five or a six seed. And the, it'll be respectable. And maybe you can convince a Westbrook or someone like that to come in after Rose is gone who, and, and join a relatively solid roster. Minus who, who,
1: who in the East is besides Cleveland do you like? Fairly better than them.
3: Um, yeah. Boston, Boston is going to be good. Boston right. got Horford. They really didn't lose anybody. Um, Great coach. You know, but that's like, my point.
0: Why does a team like Boston? I mean,
3: they they I took Boston they, they, a while. They, they
0: make they
1: make even with this young though.
3: young. They, you know what it was with them that I, I love. If, if they even if they didn't have every single pick that Brooklyn ever had the right to, going for <laughs> it for the next five years, they they got a coach huh. and and they right. they kind of said to hell with conventional wisdom. We're going to go hire the smartest guy we can find. Right. And they go out and they get Brad Stevens, and the guy just looks like a star. And the Knicks do what? You know who I think the, it, next, what, the
2: next Brad, is the Brad Stevens. I mean, I like
1: Hornacek by the way. I, I do too. that? The next Brad Stevens, I think, is a of Smart in Texas. I think so I think, I, think I can see the NBA plucking him out in the next Maybe. year or two.
3: And I mean, Maybe. and I think I mean, I, I, think, I, mean I, I respect what Phil did. To I don't know if, if to do what his to, hand to was hire, forced to hire Derek Fisher to to go get Hornacek after oh. Fisher failed. Um, because but he got, to me, it looked like was going to Hornacek
0: first. I mean, but he, like he got Fisher.
3: That, that, well, he wanted Kerr, and and I don't and like the, you you read about what happened there. Was it Dolan stepping in and saying we're not paying a first time coach that? Was it Phil saying we're not going to pay a first time coach that? Who knows? But I mean, it's not to say that his thinking was in the wrong place. I I think Phil is quite frankly a, the he, good old boys network. I think right. that exists with Phil. He he, he loves he, his guys. He knows right. his guys. Hornacek was at least going outside that, so I give him some credit well, for that. Well, I,
0: remember we were standing in the press conference. Then remember yeah, think, and we were talking about. What did he say in that press conference? He said something weird. And by the way, the reason I'm spending so much time on on this show with the Knicks because, you know, we looked at the ratings. I mean, people like to hear, you know, everybody (laughs) likes to hear about the Knicks. I said, okay, let's give them – like the Dallas Cowboys, another worthless fantasy that people will pay to listen to. So I'm like, cool. That's how you
1: really feel. I
2: compare 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 the Knicks
1: to the Cubs. We're
0: trying to build build our readership. (laughs) I compare to the Cubs. I listen to the shit like – 80, you know, 90,000 Because when the yeah. Knicks actually
3: are good, it's going to be so similar to what you see with the Cubs now where but, everybody loves them and they've gone so long without winning. But for right. so many years, there was literally no incentive for the team to win because they sell out all the games anyway. But Same as the Knicks, gonna, right? The Knicks, people come me, to the Knicks. It doesn't matter. That's
1: exactly what i get, what I get saying, Bill, man. I get why you're pessimistic. I get it. No, no, no. But, no, but I think no, 44 whoa, whoa, whoa. wins. Jamal, wait a
0: minute. I'm not pessimistic. I, I don't no, care. you're realistic. I don't, no, I don't care. But it's like I'm fascinated by the fact that people who love the Knicks they just—it's just, just you, Chris. You've seen it, right? You go. These people—they—they they love and they love Knicks fans. Love to the lament. They love to lament. They love. They love to wring their hands and what are we gonna do? But they still and, show up. They oh, sold out every game at seventeen sixty-five. And half season. of
1: those, half of the people show up aren't Knicks fans. They're just Tourist, New York. Tourist, New York. They yeah. want to have fun. and want to be at yep. the place to be. Big deal. But it's a really. And that's why it doesn't spite. matter if they win or lose because it's a they still really good set square garden at night. But forty to me, forty-four games – so, 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 if you're predicting, you know, five seed, are you, are you predicting are you, some sort range. of, some sort of injury? You're, you're seeing an injury. Or There's two. no way everybody's gonna stay healthy right.
3: when your, your three, three, either your top three signings or three out of your top four, all have long injury histories just in the last two, three years. And I then mean,
0: the, and then the pressure of playing here. that – I don't know the psychic weight that puts well, on your shoulders. Well,
3: you know what I found fascinating about Rose? I've never – and I wrote – this is how I kind of wrote the story the day they introduced him at the Garden. Rose is the first player I've ever really looked at and listened to, and it sounded like a weight was lifted off his shoulders by coming to New York. Right, right Because right, right, he, right. He, he was a hometown kid in From Chicago, Chicago right. and the, the injuries and the questioning of his toughness and everything – like, I actually buy it with him that he – he, this might be a new start. I don't necessarily believe in like it, it making all the difference in the world, playing somewhere different, especially when injuries have been your main hang-up. Right. You can't control that, and where you play doesn't make – unless you're playing for maybe Phoenix or somewhere where they're so much better with their medical staff. But I, I think for him it, it actually might be a mental block kind of really, removed for him. Right. But with Noah, I mean, he's playing at home. He's, he's right. from here. Right. That'll be interesting to watch because that doesn't right. always work. And then with, with Jennings, I think he just – he wanted a fresh start, period. I don't know that it needed to be in New York. But he seems excited. But we'll see. I, I don't. Th- I don't. I don't put a whole lot of weight on the idea. They're playing in New York, so they're going to play better. Yeah. Uh, you know, they love playing at the Garden. I mean, everyone loves playing at the Garden. That's why they lose so much. But the positive. The <laughs> positive. Let me just throw out a couple
1: <laughs> positives for Rose. Twenty. You know, young, still young, twenty-seven. Had the two big, big knee injuries. Three uh, people, or three. people um, say it takes a, a full year to get over one. So you got to figure uh, it takes two or three to get over. Two, yeah. right, and then so last year it was a step in the right direction. He played the most games he had in a long time—sixty-six games. Got his maybe got his feel back for the game. Got his legs back a little bit. So you got to figure he could be on the upswing, and I don't think he'll ever be what he was. The
3: optimism with him is that this is the first time in either four years or five years that he's not rehabbing an injury. Last summer was that, but then you remember. A lot of people thought it was karma because he, he mentioned... Someone said, like, how excited are you to just get back on the court? He's like, oh, I'm excited... Because my contract in 2017, like, I, I can't wait to be a free agent because this money is so big. And everyone's like, what are you talking about? You're two two years away yeah, yeah. from that deal. But then, like, the practice after he said that, he broke his orbital bone. <laughs> and everyone was like, that's karma. Is that, is that funny. No, it's it's not, that, not funny, but it was crazy. And, the, and so he had to – even though he wasn't rehabbing anything last year, he got hurt the first preseason practice of last year. And his vision, he said he had double vision for, like, half the season. And so his first half splits versus his second half splits – were way, way different, and he played much better once he appeared, appeared to get over that injury. Mm-hmm. And so and then the he thing, could be good. And I then mean, the thing he, with
1: him only having a year left on the contract is huge too. Sure. If he plays well, he contract great. Year. If not, it's not a big deal.
0: And you know the interesting thing about this conversation? We've spoken for nearly 50 minutes and have not mentioned Carmelo Anthony's name. Oh, wow. Right. And we will <laughs> speak about that when we come back on our next segment. We're here with the great Chris Herring. Jamal Murphy and co-host Bill Roten on Bill Roten on sports. When we come back you know more Knicks. I, this is like really incredible but you know we know that you love the Knicks so I'm like hey man no but and also the Knicks are fascinating they're, they're, it's a fascinating franchise and how Dolan has been that is more the parallel with Trump than Uh-oh. than the, who did we mention? Uh, uh, Stoudemire. Stoudemire. <laughs> I, you know and you know that is more it's just somebody who just kind of fails up you know I mean really I mean yeah. if you look at you know like I mean to be white in America and to be able to just like fail up and like so, we'll talk about that next segment uh, we'll talk about that next segment with Chris Herring Jamal Murphy Bill Roden we'll be right back <laughs> back Bill are no sports at chocolate restaurant in harlem usa and yes the music is kind of loud but this is harlem and it is uh wednesday we're inching we're inching toward the weekend right so each day like monday which was when we normally record the music a little lower right and tuesday a little louder wednesday a little and t- tomorrow thursday we can't even we won't even be a, you know it's like this man This is a black restaurant come on let me face yeah. it and we just get louder yeah. as the weekend goes so we'll just have to keep our listen listen we love the fact that you're listening but let's just deal with it i mean just put your ears closer to the thing and just remember <laughs> when you listen you're helping the revolution you know put it like that right okay And, and anyway, uh we're back with <laughs> we're back with uh chris herring your guest from the Wall covers the Knicks. Does a great, a great job Thank of you. covering the New York Knicks and professional basketball. And if you, if you've been listening to him, this is the second time on the show, and just listen to his insights. He really has a tremendous insight into the team, into the Knicks. Really, into. I'm waiting for your book. Someday,
3: yeah. I'd love to do that. Yeah, sooner than later. Take, take a page right. out of your book, literally.
0: Yeah, well, even get beyond. I'd love
3: to, but here's the thing: I'd love to. I don't want to write something just for the sake of writing it. I, w- I want there to be some real depth to it. And I mean, mm. when you see what you've written and other, other folks in the mm. industry that have done so much, I don't, especially if, I do, if I'm fortunate enough to do that and put the research into it, I just want it to be worthwhile and not just kind of a run-of-the-mill book. And so that's the challenge and kind of the threshold is that I want it to be memorable. Well, and, uh, be. and so I'll probably, someday I'll talk to you about that and, and well, how to me, write let's... something that kind of resonates it and just did,
0: goes you, deeper did, than did you did you read Jonathan Abrams' book? Um, yeah, about boys to men. Yeah, I think it's the same thing. I mean, Jonathan, I know, always wanted to write a book, and that's what. He, in other words, you come up
3: with a concept. You need a really good concept. Yeah, that's the big concept, thing. Yeah.
0: yeah, and and then you and a concept and a passion. Yeah, because it's not easy. I mean, writing a book. I mean at least from the level of <laughs> research y'all
3: did especially you i mean like yeah. you you've you've obviously got to have a really strong hook to ask a lot of questions about but then beyond that there's no way you can do it unless you've got a really strong passion and you got it so. right i
0: mean at some point you, you just got to go in that room and close the green door my goodness and just but but you will because you're you're really bright and you've really got great insight it really just comes with what what kind of hits you it could be and and I and I think as you and, and by the way you're, you're, uh, Jamal Murphy, uh, Murph, can you say,
1: Murph? People call me Murph. Yeah. Murph. Mm-hmm. I
0: said well, we're going to broaden our audience. Yeah, Murph. <laughs> hey, <bro. laughs> but but um, no, but but I mean you you're you're really bright, and you really got great insight and instincts. It just depends on, and and the Knicks are a very fascinating franchise, and I guess it's putting your finger on. Something and then who knows? It could be Phil Jackson. It could be it, it, and 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 you know you could catch lightning in the bottle and maybe and maybe they do take off. Yeah. And maybe they this year they they do make a playoff run. And then when you do, we want yeah. you to be back on this Bill Rohners. But I'm saying, oh Bill, can write, no time. You are right this <laughs> spring of uh, 2017. Right. Or yeah, I mean, it could be. Trust <laughs> me, if they wait, make the playoffs. I don't know what the I don't know what that. Book will. Hey, hey, who knows? It could be Derrick Rose. Well, it's um, been
3: it's been fascinating, uh, and this is maybe a slight tangent from what you're saying. But when you look at journalists that have kind of not, and, and not to say that they haven't, their talent hasn't had anything to do with it. But you look at like Brian Windhorst uh, with ESPN, and before that was at the Plain Dealer and the Akron Beacon Journal, and kind of came up with LeBron and covered LeBron in high school, and then kind of moved with LeBron to Miami as that happened. And then it was funny because yesterday I was on Twitter and saw one of my friends, Anthony Slater got hired to cover the Warriors mm. he'd covered Oklahoma City for years and now that Kevin Durant is leaving mm. to go to the Warriors now he's going to go cover them in San Francisco wow. and so it is really interesting to see how one player or one team success kind of has a real impact and influence on someone else's career path. Oh, absolutely. Um, well, yeah. And I don't necessarily know if that would be the case for me and the Knicks, but either way. I, oh, I, I, trust me, it will be.
0: And, yeah, and you could always say, you know what? It was really Bill Roden on sports. Really, <laughs> <laughs> Bros Pod. You know, we just podcast and all that. <laughs> Although you got like how many trillions of Twitter followers do you have?
2: I don't have trillions. Well,
0: you have a lot. I think
3: I think a, a handful of the beat reporters on the Knicks have more than I do. Really? Now, they've been writing longer than I have, but uh but Have still. you been on Frank Azola's show? I have not been on Frank's show. No. We have to do something about that, man. We have to
0: tell to blanket it up or something. Uh, well yeah, we, we we um we talked about Carmelo Anthony. Sure. Um again, you know, we now we talked about Amari Stademeyer, somebody who wanted to be complex. I think um, or maybe I should ask you, what about Carmelo? Is he is he somebody who actually is complex?
3: I, I think he he's become that way and um He's definitely matured a whole lot. I mean, his detractors, aside from the stuff on the court, love to point out when he first came in the league the whole stop snitching thing. Right. The, the DVD really? that came out where he was basically on the corner with some friends. and I don't even know he fully realized what he was being a part of. Maybe right. he did. I don't want to totally let him off the hook because he, he was old enough to at least know what was right. happening. But either way, I mean, it shouldn't be the kind of thing that stays in someone's career forever. And he was 18, 19 years old. Um, and it became a big thing when he first got in the league. And, and now to, like, look at that and to look at what he's trying to do. I don't know if he's doing it, but what he's trying to do. You look at the fact that he marched with folks in Baltimore after Freddie Gray being, I would say, killed. Right. Um, or, I mean, it's called a homicide, literally. I'd say, regardless, he, was, I'd say he was killed. <laughs> right. Regardless of what the court finds or whatever, these guys get charged, it was a homicide. Right. Um, and it was ruled a homicide. They just got away with it. So, you know, the fact that he's marching with folks there, he's from Baltimore, the fact that he's down there marching with people and also encouraging peaceful protest as he's doing that. The fact that he sees these shootings happening around the country and says, I don't necessarily know what to do about it, but I know I've got to speak up because this is this is a a place where my voice can actually be meaningful. I think that's great. I, I think it's great that he's trying to do that. Um, You look at the fact he's gone to visit Rikers Island and go talk to inmates there. Mm. Um, You know he's just he's trying to find a way to make a difference. I don't think he totally knows how to do it, but I I love the fact that he's trying to kind of rack his brain to figure out how he can be meaningful in this way. And and when you you know you talk about whether he's going to finish his career with the ring or not, who knows? But the the fact that he's trying to be involved in these issues that go a lot deeper than putting a a ball in a basket i think it's great he's he's
1: done he's done a a lot of things like uh got involved in puerto rico he's half puerto rican he 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 had some development stuff going on there soccer team a lot of stuff in uh in baltimore like you said and to me he's always been a different kind of guy that he'll never that he's never gotten credit for even the whole uh donating money to syracuse yep you know after they won a the championship they have a building there named after him not everybody does that and he's always he's, he's been doing this stuff a long time and he, he hasn't really been vocal about issues until now so we'll see if if people start to accept him for this or not but I but I do feel like the New York media media in general there's a lot of pushback to to Carmelo for some reason I'm not sure getting, why
3: I, I think, I think and, and maybe it's because this is my feeling right. I know I can separate what he does on the court versus what he does off. Um, and I, I, in my personal opinion, I, I feel like I'm seeing people start to separate those two because he, he really has been kind of at the forefront, especially with... And I don't think he's ever come out and just full-fledged endorsed the Black Lives Matters movement. Right. But obviously, the, the fact that he's speaking up about this and that when he spoke up about it, it was in the wake of the, the Alton Sterling shooting and right. the Philando Castile right. shooting... Um, and the, the Dallas, the five right. officers in Dallas that were right. killed. And so it's kind of in the wake of all this stuff when he spoke up and had a really lengthy Instagram post saying, we've got to do something. And then as a spinoff from that, basically helped to set up a town hall meeting in Los Angeles to put cops and to put athletes and to put youth and community leaders and organizers in the same room and say, Let's at least try to start a dialogue. And I, I think, you know, and I think that's good. It's not, there's no downside to it, but right. how much good that does, I'm right. not sure because it's a very small, micro sort of thing and a macro sort of issue. Right. But the fact that he did that and got a lot of the Olympic athletes involved right. and basically said, what I'd love to see happen from this, and I'm trying to get confirmation of guys doing this, is that. You know, Paul George takes this message back to Indianapolis and holds these sorts of meetings in Indianapolis, and Kevin Durant does this in San Francisco or Oklahoma or wherever he's going to be, right. and I take this back to New York, and we all do this, and we have several meetings like this. Again, it's 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 just kind of one small step in a huge movement that needs to take place. But I like the fact that he's at least thinking about it of course. and saying how can I make a difference as an athlete. And I think reporters, hopefully, can can separate those two things because. If he if he never played another game of basketball, I'd have respect for what he's trying to do right. off the court.
0: Yeah, much more. I mean, I mean, the, the, to me, when you were talking about that, the, the championship he's won is a championship of you know standing up for his people. You know, and 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 I think that. When, and I thought about it when you were talking about um, Amari Stoudemire. How unfortunate it is! Like Amari is trying to almost because he didn't go to college, he didn't. And it's not so much just the idea of going to college, but it's the stuff that you learn, learning to critically think. Sure. And I think sometimes that's the tragedy. So, like, whether it's Derek row go go in, go out. Go to these college one year. And the whole idea of going to, of not just getting older, going to college, if you is to really learn. That's when you kind of in an ideal world. When you develop. You yeah. learn to, to, to critically think about things things and you're exposed to certain professors right. and you're certain
1: and, different and, environment yeah period yeah exactly you know you're stuck in this place i mean when you're when you're in college you're you're in an environment uh probably few few african americans or minorities no matter where. except if you go to a hbcu which none of them do but right. if you, you know when you're stuck in college you're they forced to adapt you're forced to talk to other people right. even no matter what and people don't think about that. So, you 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 learn things just by, just from being there.
0: And, and you know, you know, Jamal, and, and, and I think I remember talking to late uh, John Hope Franklin, who's you know uh, at Duke, and he may have known maybe Grant Hill or something, but that's because Grant's dad Calvin knew enough that this is a man that you really need to know. But I remember you know talking to him and said, well, do you know do you know these guys? You know and. It's kind of like, and I'm sure Mike, Szczechowski would would never say I I kept them from them, but I just think that you got all these black athletes on every single campus where you've got some great my great black minds there, who would you know, if you could just spend time with them, sit down and and listen, listen, man, you were in a position to do exactly what Carmelo could do because, I mean, you you've got some you know historic history, professor, but nobody occupies the spotlight just by what because of how sports has become this third pillar mm-hmm. of American culture right. and you're out there it'd be great to be out there and actually know exactly where you are and know the context know the struggle know how you got there so that now when you become a Carmelo Anthony you come there you don't stumble into this Yeah, you come in Knowing this, you come in knowing, and and some people will ask exactly why they want to keep (laughs) him, like Calipari. We want to keep Anthony there. No, we don't want you. We want, but then you get older, like a Derek. Now, and Derek is another guy who I think is a very interesting guy in, 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 in that way, you know, in terms of understanding. You know, if you see some of those commercials, but it's too bad that while they're there and they understand the power, understanding what Carmelo. Has finally learned at age thirty three. It's hard to. What g- happens if you learn it when you're like eighteen? It, yeah, it's when hard you're to. Or, or twenty. Sure. I mean, John, Tom, Tommy, uh, Tommy Smith, and John Carlos were twenty three when they raised their hand when they when they did the protest in in sixty eight. Uh, uh, Kurt, Fle- you know, I mean, these guys. Muhammad Ali was like 23. I mean, these were well maybe older, but these were young people, and I think that they understood that. At the end Because they were so plugged into the black community. It, it, now I think the way it's become you could take the Carmelo and you take him to say you're an NBA player. We're going to keep you over here. We're going to keep you separate from the community. And to me, the beauty of a Carmelo, and then we just say, well, whoa, 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 whoa. You know, we're all part of the community. And, and by the way, my younger brother doesn't carry a sign says, don't blow me away because I'm Carmelo yeah, Anthony's brother, right. brother or something right. like that. You right. know?
1: And Carmelo, Carmelo is very respected by other players, so yeah. I think it it does carry weight. We didn't, we didn't talk about the ESPYS, which to me, yeah, it seemed like he spearheaded headed because he it was right after he, he made the, the statement on Instagram or on And he was paper, the first person to speak. It and, and they it basically that repeated too. verbatim yeah. what he what he right. said. So, so. And, and and you could just tell he's a respected guy in terms of just just even. Personality-wise, he's gotten along with all these guys for a long time. Now he's all of a sudden he's an elder statesman. So I think, I think his word does carry. It's
3: kind of an interesting team. I mean, and this another tangent, but I think it's Mm -hmm. an important one. Um, You you, you factor in Carmelo and kind of the transformation he's made over the years. Um, You know, albeit however late it's it's come, and the fact that he he forever has has counted. Malcolm X and Muhammad Ali is kind of like his heroes. Mm. Um, I remember when he was marching in in Baltimore, he was wearing a Muhammad Ali T-shirt. And um, I want to say he's got Muhammad Ali tattooed, maybe not Muhammad Ali himself, but quotes from Muhammad Ali tattooed on his body. And the fact that Derrick Rose was the first player Mm. to wear the I Can't Breathe Mm. T-shirt. Derrick Rose, his his bankroll, bankroll is probably the wrong word to use for this setting, but has paid for the funerals of these children that have been gunned down in Chicago, where he's from. And has done it anonymously a lot of the time Um, the fact that Joakim Noah has been incredibly outspoken on gun violence and the fact that he's sat down with youth in Chicago and kind of talked about the idea of staying out of gangs and
1: I mean it's when he he left Chicago even even the Bulls organization uh, put out an ad in the paper I think praising his work in the community in the Mm -hmm. Chicago community so yeah Joakim Noah and he's from you know he's from the city right so,
3: it's it's fascinating that all these guys are on the same team now, right. and that they're all so. I mean, and Derek and don't Rose, forget, don't
1: forget, Porzingis had Cornrows uh, when, <laughs> back in the day when he was uh, when he was like sixteen playing in. <laughs> hey, hey, oh Jamal,
0: my goodness! Are you are, are you this guy's Asian? Or something? I'm are just you, saying. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we will be talking about Malcolm and, Ken, and Jamal? Porzingis, like, uh, Porzingis, said, Wait, Porzingis Jamal, what the hell? Is,
1: what hey the man, he was a, he's a cool white guy. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Oh god, he fits right in. Yeah. It, uh, it is interesting,
3: though. This,
0: I continue don't, your train of thought, though. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he really interrupted. <laughs> me to say, Where's he didn't say Are we going it. to Russia? Oh, that was perfect. But but you know, I think that if you're going where. Th- See, what I think when you've got that, a team that's got that kind of depth of commitment, I think there's a direct correlation to your commitment to something else. And it could be winning right. but but not winning it's almost is winning but we wanted there's a whole there's a what much it's a thing that has to do with the, the community the black community. in other words when i do well we all do well right you know and that's, that's so like you know we, i think we've gotten away from that as a community when when you know the further you go back in time when black folks did something well they did it for the community it's like i know that when, when, when as Joe Lewis or Jack, you know, I'm doing this, yes, for I'm an Amer- but I'm doing this for a community that, remember, was brought here against its will. You know, we're the only group of people that were the only group of immigrants that were brought here against our will. And that doesn't make us better, but that makes our experience completely different. Right. You know, because we are brought here against our will and, we, and a democracy was built on the back of, you know, millions of slaves. Which is an ultimate contradiction, which still has not been dealt with, and so all these laws and rules had to make to justify this bullshit, you know. And so I think that you know you can't you can't uh, own property, you can't uh, own a team, you can't own pro, you can't you can't, can't 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 And the fact that we're all here now, you're with the Wall Street Journal, you're an attorney. Uh, I spent, I mean, is is uh, Barack Obama's as president right. is a phenomenal. Accomplishment right. right? because not allowed to read yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, you can't read. You can't. You wear the drum. We're taking your name when well, I go to Starbucks. They say, What's your name? I said I don't know what my name is. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Bill? Do I? Am I really Bill? <laughs> you know. But 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 I mean. So I think that to get back to your point about the Knicks, I still think they're going to be miserable. <laughs> but <laughs> but but I do think that when you got a perfect storm, when you got some people like a Derrick Rose, like a um, Carmelo, who's now suddenly. Because remember, I think you mentioned when we were off Mike, that leadership was always kind of like an Achilles heel, that although you're right, everybody respects him, nobody would say, oh, he's he's like a leader. He's not a
3: vocal guy. Um, You know, I I wrote a story about how he was trying to kind of fill that void last year, particularly with with Porzingis. I mean, he, he made it a point after, I think, the first or second preseason game last year to to literally pull Porzingis from, like, the end of the, the line where they all line up for the National Anthem and say, you're standing next to me. And he made it a point mm-hmm. to do that every single game. And that's the sort of thing I think the Knicks wanted from him. It's not yeah. vocal, but it's just I, I recognize I should do this as the leader of this team. And it's interesting because Chauncey Billups, I think a year ago, before last season, had said, Carmelo really he always, he needs a strong point guard on his team because – he doesn't have that kind of personality to do it himself, mm-hmm. and so you look at the two years that Carmelo really his teams were best. They had the one year where they, I think they went to the conference finals with Denver, and he had Chauncey there, and then they had the year where um, Jason Kidd was with the Knicks, and then they mm-hmm. went to the semifinals in the Eastern Conference. And so it did, it does kind of mesh with that narrative that Carmelo isn't vocal enough to be a leader himself. But this is, this is a leadership of a different sort that we're seeing from him right now, and it has the, the potential to go a lot deeper than whatever he, I mean, it's also, let's be honest, when you have guys like a former MVP, a former defense player of the year, and a former scoring title holder, as the guys that are vocal in terms of social issues, it makes a difference as opposed to it being into the bench guys. Yeah, of and,
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, so can, can they all say healthy? I mean, sure. That, I mean, it's, I mean, it's that's what it line. comes down to. Honestly. I mean, right. I mean, yeah. all this stuff is really great, you know. But if you're not healthy, and and and, and frankly, you know, whether you talk about Ali or Kerfla you know, in in our business, in this industry, winning matters. Whatever whatever statement you want to make, right. take on a greater resonance right. when you win because you know, unlike our profession. You know where there's no real scoreboard. We're talking about sports where there is a first place, second place, third place. There's a score, there winners. So the more you win, the larger your stage, and particularly if you're in New York. So I thought, I mean, to that extent, it'd be great if they win. I mean, it'd be great if the Knicks win, but I don't know, man. Uh, we'll see. Do you
3: there, think there's yeah. a lot to figure out with them? I mean, they, I, for the life of me, still kind of don't know what. Jeff Hornacek's defensive philosophy is – actually, I actually think they have a really good defensive roster. At least they're starting five. You, you really – I mean, so Melo, when he wants to, can be a decent defender, a good defender. Rose is not much of a defender. But every other guy in that lineup, you've got Courtney Lee, who's very respectable on that end. You've got Porzingis, who, you know, kind of like a bat out of hell. Can I mean, his arms, he's 7'6", wingspan, and can right. move his feet. Right. He's a good Athletic. defender. Right. And you've got Noah, who, if he's healthy, like I said, he won defensive player of the year – and then you've got some guys off the bench that aren't bad either. And so it, 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 it you got to see what they have there and if they can stay healthy. But if they can, they they legitimately could be fine. I, I think they finally have enough depth to be okay, too. They don't have a lot of big man depth, though. But
0: don't forget, you know, again, uh, we're, we're going to talk Olympics. But, it's, but don't don't forget Philadelphia. Because when you mentioned, oh, who's in the East? I, I have a feeling, man. I mean, you know, Philadelphia has stockpiled all this great. And, and I think Ben um, – Ben Simmons. Uh, ben Simmons is really good, you know. So, I, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily just immediately put the Knicks ahead of, like, you know. And Washington is pretty good. Wow. You know. you know. Um,
3: Are so, you saying do you think the Sixers should be better than the Knicks next year? Well, you never know.
0: I mean, again, we're talking about this is a game where one personality can be transformative. And I think Ben, ben Simmons has the potential to be – in February, a transformative guy. They got a lot of talent on that team. It's not like, Phil, I mean, they've been stockpiling talent right. yeah. for a long Very time. Very young.
1: Yeah, they. I
3: they, give them, I, They've got to make. A few years. They've got to make one or two more moves, and one of one of the biggest ones because the the thing they stockpiled the talent, but part of the criticism of what they're doing with Sam Hinky was that they were stockpiling talent at the same position. So they went and they got Noel and they got Okafor and now they've got Dario Sarge coming over, a seven-footer. You've got all these guys that are all so big and tall and they've got Embiid who's finally going to be healthy. So you've literally got like four guys that are essentially seven feet tall, none of whom can really play together. And so you've got to find a way to unload one or two of those guys just to get other pieces and fill in your blanks because those other guys have value, just not with the current team because they don't fit together. So once they do that and they... Simmons Simmons will be so scary yeah. if the guy can shoot. If I, he can learn how to shoot, he's going to be great.
1: I love Simmons. I love Okafor. The rest of those guys. They, <laughs> they, they do. I they don't even can, love they, Okafor. They, they, I, actually love, can, I actually love I, him. I, offensively, ge- I love him. They could be on the sure. Love him. <laughs> and even, de- I think, defensively, a little his his, you know – his lack of defense is a little overblown. Take,
3: take, uh, give me Noel over Okafor for, oh, for right really? now. Really? And, and and to be honest, I want to I want to see him beat it too. Footwork?
1: Have you seen You're this kid, talking, Okafor? You,
3: oh yeah, I, I studied him before because I thought the Knicks might get. Him. He just right. got to stay out of bounds, oh, man. But, but I mean, but he, uh, he, he can't at, at
1: such a young age. Have you? When's the last time you saw someone with offensive skill? Probably, like that?
3: probably Al Jefferson, maybe Duncan. You've got to go back a long way. Right. But, Duncan, but Duncan, but all, but Duncan was, older. but Duncan was so much better defensively. There oh, of was no comparing them. So that was a part of it, and and you still. If you can't guard a pick and roll in the NBA, it's a really hard place to – where do you go? When he
1: played uh, Carl Towns twice during the season, he actually played D those two games and played because, pretty well. And you know why? So it just because shows he can. He can, right. but
3: it's a question of how long – or does it take him playing for a certain team or a certain Maybe. coach to really true. get that out? Okafor
0: just got to stay out of the damn fights, man. Yeah, definitely. Man.
2: Yeah, yeah
3: I, mean, I mean, I think that was the biggest argument for kind of speeding up that process with them because you just – when you don't have any leadership on a right. team like that and you've got guys that are on – contracts they don't know if they're going to be there the next week why wouldn't they go out and party and mm-hmm. go into underage you know as underage kids and into a bar they're just it wasn't a good system set up but that said to kind of pull the plug on the project it was pretty ironic that they got ben simmons the year that they finally pulled the plug on yeah, everything and he seems like
0: he's a serious guy but yeah, he does i mean he, i mean but you never know but i'm just saying relative to the knicks that you can't you we've got this assemblage of Potentially talented, but injured, injury-prone right. people, if, and you can't sleep
1: on. If warm. they
3: finish worse than Philly, then something <laughs> went really wrong with the injuries, or something else. But
1: and, it go, and it goes both ways, right? The Knicks, the Knicks might be injury-prone. They have guys who are, have a history of injury, but the East is not anything, uh, too, you know, too much for them to to handle. You have Cleveland, and then after that, there's well, no other real proven sure. Toronto. I mean, but, you know, what are they exactly? I'm not scared of Toronto. I don't go into the season scared. Well, but yeah, of, but, but of you beat Lowry, either. you <laughs> might, you might be able to if oh, you're healthy. Well, I think we'll the say. Knicks could be better than them. We'll be, we'll be broadcasting. Could
0: we'll be broadcasting? <laughs> we'll, we'll be, uh, listen, uh, we're gonna come back really briefly. We want to talk about the Olympics briefly. Uh, my question to you guys is: Has the gap between the United States in basketball and everybody else closed? In other words, will they? Can people get within 30 points of them now? But we'll talk about that really briefly we we come back. We'll hear my guest, Chris Herring from the Wall Street Journal, Jamal Murphy, my co-host and friend. And, I mean, Chris Herring is my friend, too. Uh, we'll be right back in a couple seconds. Here from Harlem, USA, Bill Roden on Sports at Choco. <laughs> We're back. <laughs> Bill Roden on Sports here in Harlem, USA. Uh, with Chris Herring, the Wall Street Journal, Jamal Murphy, and me, Bill Roden. Of, um, that's what you got to think. Well, of what? You've know, been to the New York Times for 35 years. Now, what, of what? Of me. I'm, <laughs> I'm my own institution.
2: Yeah.
0: You know? Actually.
1: You always were. Yeah.
0: I just didn't know it. <laughs> but uh, anyway, that's another podcast. Hey, you know, before we um, – and by the way, yes, the music is loud here, but, again, it's Wednesday in Harlem. Do you remember the Bill Weathers? We probably don't. Bill Weathers Friday night in Harlem or something like that. Anyway, um, so, Chris, what do you, what do you think? Olympic uh, – U.S. Olympic basketball has been almost a joke in terms of the ease with which we've dominated the competition. Do, I mean, you, you've seen a lot of the players from other countries. Play. Do you, I mean, do you, do you expect – United States to, to to be even more dominant. And, and LeBron's not playing. Westbrook's, uh, Westbrook's, not, Westbrook's playing. not playing. Harden's Harden not playing. Harden's not playing. Steph's not playing. Yeah. Yeah. So do you do you, do you anticipate the United States beating everybody by 40 points? Yeah, uh, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, and, and the
3: thing is, I mean, the only thing that the other countries have going for them a little bit more than we do here, um, they get a little bit more time to train together because if their professional leagues are running, they're not going quite as long as the NBA's does, and so they've got more time to kind of regroup and, and train, whereas the NBA, you kind of have like a rag group. We didn't know who was going and who was not going up until like a month and a half ago. And so that's kind of the only, you know, the cohesion of the, the other teams was the only thing they had going for them. Because, you know, these other teams are lucky to have four guys on an NBA roster. You know, US is sending a roster with every single guy on the team. Right. And, and pretty much, like, the best player or one of the two or three best players from every team. And so, um, you know, God forbid we send our whole team over there mm-hmm. with everybody healthy. But even even a game they played the other day against, who was it, Venezuela? And they won by 45, even though they, they shot less than 40% from the field. And it doesn't require them to play well to win these games and win them by a lot. The only team... can really hang with them is is normally Spain and I don't think Spain I think Marc Gasol isn't making the trip this year right he's out so it's just you know and and then you look at you know one of their best players Jose Calderon is a guy who who can't even keep a starting job with the Knicks anymore and (laughs) so I mean when you really think about it there there isn't a team that should really
1: contend with them right and and there are other like you like you mentioned Marc Gasol is out so you mentioned LeBron being out and all these guys for us being out but, like you said, when they only have, when another country only has four NBA guys and, they're, and one of them doesn't show, that's a much bigger blow.
0: It's so funny, all the GMs, was, you know, when they, when they talk about fundamentals, they say, oh, you know, it's a great system. They teach them fundamentals. I say, wait a minute, they can't even be, you know, I mean, what, but it's almost, almost like I see like a backward put down, well, our AAU system and right. blah, blah, blah. blah. I say, right. well, yeah, but yet we're winning. We can send a fourth team. A fourth team and probably easily win the gold medal. Right. And it's, and it, to me, I, I don't know. It's like I could I think almost every single level, every single level, our kids can beat anybody's kids around the country because our kids and predominantly black kids, you know, or you know, but are like so fluent in this stuff. They're so great at this that they're really to they're almost almost are unbeatable. They're unbeatable. It's almost people don't want to say that that well you know they're fun they're not fundamentally sound. i think they're pretty fundamentally sound
3: something has to go pretty wrong i mean and i think i think we've turned the corner on that too by the way where every team's got a little bit of freestyle to their game and if if you're too structured sometimes that works against you as well you got to play like um, this this is the way you i mean play. you know chicago that was you know where we we're from that was the argument all the time that the city teams could never win right. the state title and and now you know you have superior talent you got derek rose and then replace him with jabari parker I mean, you're gonna win. I don't care who's on the other and team. The reason they
0: didn't win is because they cheated them. In other words, you could uh, back when I was in uh, in Chicago, they would only send one city team, right. Downstate,
2: right?
0: It, I mean, just one. As and, and you had some great teams like Dussal, Marshall. Kri- I mean, I mean, some of the great, but they always would only send one, right? And then, it, well, you know, the city team, but it's But see, that's it's just always it's constantly it's bullshit. I mean, just constantly designed not to let you know. A team from the college, a black team, go downstate. I remember when my father taught at Dusable for years, and they finally had a team. Dusable went downstate. They played Mount Vernon, and and they 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 lost. But it was like some of the calls. I mean, I don't want to get into that. The calls, and <laughs> you know, that's, that's you know that's how cliche is yeah. that. But anyway, <laughs> but but once they got religion, they start sending teams from the city, the best teams down. It's, but it's it's like. It's like the NFL. Well, you know, blacks can't play cornerback. You know, what I mean, right. I mean. Well, blacks can't play uh, middle linebacker. Right. It's always and then like now the league is like 80%. League, but it's right. always one thing. Well, we can't find any blacks in the newsroom, and you know, something like that. Uh, but anyway, uh, I think the U.S. Olympic team will probably win every game by like 40 points. At least. At
1: least. Should sure, they might use every Olympics is one scare where there's a close game, someone has to make a big shot. I, I, I would be surprised. I don't even remember yet. the last we, was, Olympics that being the case. When Kobe, Remember Kobe, uh, didn't he have to hit a big shot a couple oh, Olympics right, ago?
3: Right. I don't remember, but if we have to go <laughs> a couple Olympics ago, we're talking about a decade. Almost,
1: I mean, but that's and, and the and whole that's, point. And that's just to get it <laughs> didn't, they didn't <laughs> have. They didn't have any close games last Olympics? I don't, last I don't Olympics? think no. they
0: did. In 88, I mean, the last time, the reason it well, started all this I was, now, I was the, back they, in 88. I they lost, sure. When they decided to bring in the Marines. Okay, you know what? Fact, it was, John it
1: was kids playing against pros. Right. right.
0: They said, you know what? We're singing in the Marines now. And I, I I thought that maybe the world at some point would catch up, but the the gap is just I, – I am,
3: I am interested to see how much longer, how many more Olympics we see where you've got legitimate stars going over there because I think there is kind of a cachet and a prestige to go, but at the same time, like, does it become a little bit more difficult to convince guys when – especially, like, if someone was in a contract year – and the money that's in the nba now the salary cap exploding the way it has can you really convince guys to go over there without being paid for it and potentially get hurt and paul george was a pretty freak thing and it wasn't yeah. you know he ran into the the, the yeah. stanchion but my my point is if they're going to win by 40 and you could kind of interchange whoever you needed to no lebron no steph no harden whoever it is no westbrook no chris paul if you can do that and win by that much why why do these guys feel the need to go? Right, right. Does a gold medal hold that much weight with them, particularly with guys that are gonna be in the the deep playoffs every year, deep in the playoffs? Well,
0: you mentioned Carmelo; it probably means a lot to him. Yeah,
3: yeah. Because and I and I was kind of I mean I, it was one of the more uh, honest kind of responses I've gotten out of him in the last year. He he normally is pretty down to earth with me. I don't know if he's like that with everybody else, but I asked him uh, because he's talked for years about how he and LeBron, when they met in high school in one of the AAU camps, and how they sat up and talked to like, 4 in the morning on the hotel stairs or the apartment stairs, whatever it was, and how they just kind of hit it off. And so they've been friends forever, but also, you know, when they started the Olympics together, that that kind of brought them closer and made them more tight-knit. And they were on the cusp of breaking the record for most Olympic appearances for an, a U.S. basketball player, both of them tied for the fourth appearance they're going to make. And then LeBron decided not to play. And so I was kind of interested, like, well, how do you feel about going now that LeBron's not doing it? Were you kind of disappointed that he decided not to? And Carmelo said, you know, he's he had to do what was best for him. And, you know, he's been in the finals each last six years. So I get why he's not doing it. You know, he needs time to just kind of replenish his body. But for me, I'm in a much different spot. Like, LeBron, that's his legacy, that he's gone to the finals every year. For me, I'm not trying to say that, like, I don't have anything to kind of stand on, but, like... I don't have a ring. He didn't right. say that verbatim, but he said this this kind of is like a legacy thing for me because especially with LeBron not going now, I'm going to be the only guy that's gone 4 times and potentially the only guy that wins 3 medals. Mm. And you think about the longevity of being able to play that long. I know. Right. It's pretty cool and the fact that coach K kind of singles him out to call him the leader of the team. Well, again, whether or not that's true given that, you know, regardless of who you throw out there, they're going to win. But it it, it was interesting to kind of hear that Carmelo is Grading himself on that metric, like I want to be remembered for something, and so if I can't be remembered for a ring, at least I'm going to win these medals. I don't think the average fan is going to think that way, but it is interesting to kind of hear a, a great player or a very, very good player at the very least. I would say you could call him a great player. The fact that he's kind of using that sort of metric or rubric for himself, I, I find fascinating.
0: Yeah, that's great. It's a great insight uh, because, you know, like you said. You know, and that could be some inspiration for a lot of guys who are not winning championships. Well, at least there's the Olympics; we could win a And he's of
3: lost. He's lost each of the last three years. They haven't made the playoffs. And I mean, so to experience some sort of winning, and you know, whether it's coincidence or not, the 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 last two times he's gone to the Olympics, when he's come back, he's had great seasons. That's right. And so whether or not that it might be that he's in better shape right. because he's training. It could just be coincidence, and maybe the teams around him have been have been, better, been better, and that could be the case again this year since they've got Rose and Noah. Who knows? But it, it's—I don't think there's anything wrong with him wanting to go. Um, but you—you know—you hope it pays off for him in some way. If he finds value in the idea of winning a medal and being the first guy to go four times, more power to him. Yeah, I think he's in
0: a great space. We'll, we'll see. I still think it's going to be 40 points for you know 40 <laughs> point victory for team at least. You know, our, our guest has been. Uh, Chris Herron, Chris, thank you so much, man. It's a great job as
3: usual. I really, really, really appreciate great. you guys always man. having me on. Thank no, you so no, no. much. But always,
0: no, but we, <laughs> no, but we, we 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 want you to be a regular because you really what you what you add is remarkable, man. Remarkable. I just when the Knicks are going <laughs> to the championship. And we're reaching out.
3: 2075.
1: And you're writing that no, book. No. Yeah,
0: and you're writing the book. 2075. I like said, Jamal, could you call Chris?
2: And, <laughs> man, the, number, the number's changed. Yeah, the the know, email's bouncing back. <laughs> yeah, but we know
0: where you live here in Harlem, USA. Hey, Chris, thank you so much. Thank man. you. Really uh, Jamal it. Murphy, as usual, is always a blast. And uh, we will be back uh, next week. And Jamal, could you tell people? We, we, I really would like to get like the 75,000.
1: Right, yeah, we're, we're working on that. Uh, follow us at Bros Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, like Bros Pod on Facebook. And if you're listening on iTunes or SoundCloud, please rate us. Comment in the comments section. Positive comments. We always love those. <laughs> Even critique. Even yeah, listen critique, to the also, the, of course. On the
0: beach, you can listen to us on the beach right. when you're driving on these long drives across the country in the air and. All that you can listen to us talking. Well, a lot of us are very interesting people.
1: Always sports and uh, culture and some politics. You never know. So, definitely, like I said, follow us at Bros Pod.
0: Uh, B R O S. -S 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 I was always surprised when you do Bros Pod, it comes up pretty high. Anyway, listen, thank you, everybody. And, you know, thank you to Leon Ellis, owner of Chocolate. Come, we're on Mondays and we love to have people around. Music will be lower. (laughs) <laughs> all right, but Thank you all very much. God bless. We'll see you next week. Or, we'll kill you next week.
1: Thank you for listening to Believe.